Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Judy Robinette, the author of How to Be a Power Connector, the 550-150 Rule. Judy is a business thought leader who's been profiled in The Street, The Huffington Post, Forbes, The Washington Post, and Bloomberg Businessweek as a sterling example of the new breed of super connectors who use their experience and networks to accelerate growth and enhance profitability. She has more than 30 years of experience as an entrepreneur and corporate leader, and she's been the CEO of both public and private companies and in management positions at Fortune 500 companies. She's on the advisory boards of several early-stage venture capital firms, and she's also been involved with the Springboard Enterprises based in Washington, D.C., and Women Innovate Mobile Accelerator based in New York. So welcome, Judy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Linda. Wonderful. So tell me, um, you say that you were shy and then secure up until age 40, but you managed to turn it all around after that. And I know certainly when you and I have talked, shy and insecure would not be the words I would use to describe <laughs> you. So tell me about how did you make that change? Well, thank you. So, you know, I did grow up very shy in a small town of 300 people in Franklin, Idaho. I don't know if you saw the movie Napoleon Dynamite, but that was my high school. And, uh, you know, I, I read some research that uh, if you're raised poor to middle class, you're taught, you know, don't ask. You're taught keep your head down work hard, don't ask for help, and people will notice. And I found out it was a fairy tale. And so I kind of hit the wall in my 30s in the corporate world, and I looked around and I thought, what is it these other people are doing I'm not doing? And one of the things I noticed was all the guys were going out and playing golf with their buddies. Uh, people were involved with, with different groups. And so I picked up the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that really made the pivot that I needed to start saying hello, talking to strangers. And, you know, I learned other people liked me just fine. I quickly learned I could add value. And then I quickly could see how much power you had to make things happen when you had a robust, diverse network. Wow. So that's what got you started on this change. But you've written your own book. And yes. Dale Carnegie is great, but you've written your book and you talk about the circle of family, friends, and acquaintances, which is the 5 and 50 and 100 rule. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and how can we start using that ourselves? Yes. So research shows if you draw a circle around you, the closest circle is your family and your friends, and this is usually 5 to 15 people. They know each other. They know all the same deals, money, jobs, opportunities. They're called strong links. Um, the furthest ring out I use is 150 because Dunford's law shows that groups fall apart at 150 people. Even Roman armies were only put together with a maximum of 150 people. And, and you know, if you think about it, it can't be quantity. Gazillions of people on Facebook and LinkedIn are never going to have your back and have your future. I had a guy called me, and he had a Google Doc with 40,000 people in it, and he told me he was trying to send out birthday and Christmas cards to all these people. <laughs> oh my God. And, and I, I said to him, how many of these people have ever helped you? And it was less than 15. 
And so you need to focus on quality. So past that, you know, 5 to 15, I say 50 is kind of the critical thing. It only takes 25 to 50 really quality relationships to get you wherever you need to go because there's no lack of resources on the planet. You know, there's $369 trillion in global private wealth. There's 7 billion people, countless opportunities, information everywhere. And those are really the building blocks, and they're all attached to people. Wow. So we, just, so we don't have to worry about this. And it's interesting because uh, in my book, uh, Marketing Above the Noise, I talk about going for quality versus quantity. It's not how many Facebook likes. It's not how many people are following you on Twitter. It's the right people. And so I think that's, that's sort of what you're seeing here. Uh, and, and you talk about in your book about having a power connector mindset. So I guess my question is how do you make sure you have the right 15 or 50 or 100 people? And, and what does it mean to have the power connector mindset? Okay, so, you know, the biggest mistake, Linda, besides people not using the network they already have, um, is the, the, the next level out from friends and family. If I have people write it down, and then I go through with them and I say, you know, who's this person, what are they like, blah, 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 90% of the time that next level out, it's people just like you, you know, same uh, often same gender, uh, same business, you know, you're in marketing, Linda. I bet lots and lots of your contacts are in marketing. They are. Um, and then people hit the wall when they need to change jobs or they need to find funding or they need to uh, tie into some power and influence. And and so it's really critical that your network be diverse, and, and that's across different industries. It's wide uh, geographically, and, and I learned this accidentally. So, you know, a long time ago, I was a, a manager with a Fortune 300 company called Universal Foods, and I was moved to Twin Falls, Idaho. It's just a small town of 50,000, and my neighbor happened to be the state Senate majority leader. Um, I was asked to be on the board of the local hospital, which was kind of a big deal. You had to be appointed by the county commissioners. And then they asked, um, I was asked to write just a short little column for the local newspaper on business ethics and management. And I found myself in this just amazing position because I had access to media. I had access to political power. I had access to the movers and shakers in town. Now, even though it was a small town, it really struck me how important it is for all of us to build strategically our network. So, you know, if, if you you think about it, if you've got connections, you know, I know Tim Draper, uh, Gina Davis, Mark Burnett. So I've got people all across different industries from media to lawyers to whatever. My ability to pick up the phone for someone and say, you know, I need some help here. I'm going to get much further than if everybody looked like me, uh, they were authors like me, they were in the entrepreneurial world like me. That's really self-limiting. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But tell me, uh, besides picking up and moving to Idaho, where you obviously were thrown into a different uh, environment, how do you go about starting this for those of us who might be a little bit nervous about that? And we, of course, reach out to people who are like ourselves. How do we change that? Well, you know, the biggest thing, honestly, and I learned this accidentally, was to volunteer or join some powerful groups. And, and by powerful, I mean people that are in that room that are smarter than you, that have resources that you need to move forward. 
So when I moved to Salt Lake, you know, again, I'm in a total foreign, you know, wasn't, had never uh, lived there before. But I knew somebody who said that in the governor's race, they were looking for some people on the finance committee. Well, you know, if you're like me and you sit on venture capital boards, you know a lot of people with money. And so they wanted me to sit on there, and I did. Well, just even though the guy lost, you know, didn't become the governor, uh, going through some of the dinner events they had in Park City, I met, you know, two to three billionaires just in the first 30 days. And so, you know, I tell people, you know, think about where the people you need to hang out. So if you need funding, you know, founders need funding, and they'll call me and they'll say there's no money. Oh, my gosh, there's money everywhere. Well, people who have money are looking for deals, and those who are looking for deals flock, and they hang out at incubators. They hang out at pitch events. They hang out in angel groups. They hang out in venture capital groups. So, you know, you can think about that. Um, besides, you know, organizations like that, um, you know, I, I met a fellow in Salt Lake. He had been recruited by a wealth management firm. He knew nobody in town, and worse, he's gay and he's black. He doesn't quite wow. fit the conservative Mormon <laughs> culture. And within two years, had built this astounding book of business. And I said, how did you do this? And he said, I joined the symphony, and I paid a little extra so I could go early and hobnob with the wealthy people. And he said it was a small group of 25 people. It only cost him 50 bucks. And he said, that's where my clients were. Wow, what a great idea and so simple. Yeah, so you think about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone a bit. Now, you know, for people who are worried, I'll tell them, you know, go to a group. Now, many people haven't heard of the Association of Corporate Growth. It's existed Mm -hmm. since the 1950s. Anyone can attend. They're all across the United States. They meet monthly. It's a luncheon. You know, if you're new, you stand up and just say your name and, and what you do. But it's CXO level people across a variety of industries. And then, you know, the other thing, Linda, I tell people is when you meet people, you know, be sure at some point and educate them a little bit and let them know what you need. So you say, you know, I'm Linda, I'm trying to build my business, blah, blah, blah. And then you ask what I call my two golden questions. Number one, what other ideas do you have for me? And and that's an easy ask because people love to be creative and they'll share ideas, stuff you would have never thought of. And then the second one, who else do you know I should talk to? And what's interesting is each of us knows on average 632 people. Now, I'll tell you, at times people have called me needing something, and I haven't known who to go to. I'll send an email out to 10 of my friends, people in my network, usually that 25 to 50 group. I always get an answer, and it's never from the person it came that I thought. I mean, it's astounding if you start utilizing the network you already have. That's just amazing. So, you know what, I, I think, Judy, a lot of people overlook the value in helping others to achieve success, and, and I think we can be a little bit self-centered that way. Yes. Um, so how do you get, how do you get people to, to, to look a little bit differently? Why do you think that's such a problem? Well, it's a problem because if you don't show warmth and generosity, you don't develop trust, and you're out of the game. You never get that person in your network. So, you know, I learned early on that I could add value pretty quickly. You can share an article with someone. You can just follow up with them. Be kind. I mean, little things like listening. You think about how many times in the day someone truly listens to you and you feel cared about. But kind of the next level is just share some information. Make an introduction. 
And then people go, this person's got my back. They're thinking about me. You know, um, I'm friends with one of the partners at, at Draper VC, and I knew that she was looking for a couple of new public board seats. And so, you know, when I found out about one, I told them about her and I called her on the phone and she said, I can't believe it. You thought about me. Mm. And so, you know, you just pay attention to people and where it is they're trying to go. And usually you can help connect the dots. You can make an introduction, share some information, just simple things. And so it became a game almost to me to figure out how I could add value immediately. So when I talk to people, you know, I'll usually ask them, you know, what are you doing? Where do you need to go? And then I will spontaneously figure out a couple of key introductions to make for them. And then people don't forget you. And, you know, when we meet strangers, research shows we look for two things immediately. The first one's warmth, and the second one is some level of competency. Well, yep. I add a third. I look for generosity because just because someone can help you doesn't mean they will. That's true. And so, you know, you want people who care about you and who will help you. You know, there's sure. tons of people out there that are smart, that are whatever, but pick people who have solid character, you know, and have a level of, of gravitas. That's great. That's wonderful advice. So one more question for you. There, we, going out and, and creating all these relationships, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Uh, we've all been in the position where we think we've got someone that we're helping or getting involved with, and then the relationship goes south. So what makes a great relationship, and how do you spot a bad one early on and, and kind of avoid that? So, you know, there are bad actors. I think the research shows there's 4 to 5% of the population that are, are sociopaths, and the number one signal is they lack empathy. Right. And, and the second one I avoid is the narcissistic people where it's kind of me, 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 got you. You know, right. it's just give, give, give. You know, they ask you, ask you, ask you. They never help you. Those are takers. You know, right. Adam Grant wrote the book, Givers and Give and Take. Give and take, And yeah. so, so I watch for yellow flags to kind of determine who these people are. And I'm looking for warmth, and I'm looking for generosity and a level of competence. You know, do they get back to me? Do they, are they kind? Do they, they offer to help? So Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's business partner, said he'll go to a conference, and out of 100 people he meets, five are keepers, mm. 20 he never cares to see again as long as he lives, and the rest are kind of opt-in, let's see what they'll do. And so you have to remember everything you do says who you are, everything. And so, you know, you going out of your way by making an introduction, being kind, gracious, sharing some information, that puts you – Ahead of 95% of the people out there, you just think about how many people tell you they're going to call you or get back to you or share something and don't. I mean, right. just a few little actions daily put you head and shoulders above the rest. You're absolutely right. It's, and it's kind of scary how many people don't get it. But, uh, but I, certainly, I mean, and we see this in our personal lives. We see it in our professional lives. Uh, I mean, just companies with customer service. If they could apply some of these rules to serving customers, I think we'd all be a lot happier. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but they're not. So um, this has been a, just a wonderful conversation, and I uh, love some of the thoughts that you have in your book. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and to connect with you? So, you know, you can certainly get my book on Amazon or order at Barnes & Noble, and I'm on LinkedIn, Judy Robinette. There's no E on the end of Robinette. 
And um, you can reach out to me on Twitter, LinkedIn. My email is judy at judyrobinette.com. And I'm happy to answer questions and help. All right, fantastic. And I would expect that being that you are the power connector and you are the person who, who really exemplifies the idea of having warmth and competency and especially generosity. So I want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Linda. It's been a pleasure. Great. This is Linda Popke. We've been speaking with Judy Robinette, who's the author of How to Be a Power Connector. Uh, And, again, you can reach her at um, at judyrobinette.com, and that's R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T.com, no E at the end. Uh, Until next time, this is Linda Popke, and thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.